How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the StoryWorks podcast. I am your host, Zach Gosen, and next to me, as always, is my man, Andrew Hall. How are we doing today, man? I'm doing well. How about you? Doing pretty good. Uh, last night, we had an awesome experience uh, watching everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, that movie was insane. Awesome, dude. So now, uh, today, we've decided to kind of dive in to not one, but two multiversal movies that came out this year. Kind of crazy, man. They came out pretty close to each other, yeah, actually. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting that uh, this year we had not one but two uh, movies about dealing with multiple universes and the different aspects of that. For real. And uh, definitely very different takes uh, on a multiverse, obviously. So Doctor Strange is like a Marvel huge budget oh, yeah, movie. for sure. Um, how much? It was... $200 million in that, in that budget. I can't even, like, imagine that much money. I know, dude, right? Um, so you've got something like that, and then everything everywhere all at once was actually $25 million. So that's a huge that jump. That is, like, yeah. I don't know, like, the percentage difference of that, but that seems like a lot. For sure, <laughs> man. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about how these movies work. Um, I kind of want to start off with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. So we saw that in theaters when it came out. Obviously, you know, we, we're, we've yeah. been hitting the Marvel movies hard, man. Yes, yes. We, um, we talked a little bit about it before. Yeah. Um, overall impressions. Just, just like overall impressions. No, like, deep spoiler territory yet. But, what, like, what do you think, man? How did you enjoy your experience with uh, Multiverse of Madness? I, I really liked uh, the new Doctor Strange movie. Um I I really like Benedict Cumberbatch as an actor. Um, oh yeah, and his role as like in uh, the movie as you know, kind of like he's like the new face of like the MCU. Almost it feels like. Yeah, I mean <laughs> we're we're in a really interesting shift in the MCU after after the Infinity Saga. It's like we didn't know where to go exactly from yeah. that point. And so. he kind of feels like he's gonna be leading this new charge. Absolutely. Um, but no, I, I I thought he did really well. I thought the um, the plot of the movie was pretty cool. Yeah, um, unexpected. I I think. Like, oh yeah, most I definitely. Mean, I can't. We had so many conversations just watching the trailers, saying what is going to happen. Yeah, you know? I mean, when you hear, you know, and when you're watching the trailer and you hear Professor X talk, and you're just like, wait a second. What? Oh my god. Yeah. Um. But no, like the the multiverse stuff was super cool. The way they uh, incorporated it into the film was super cool. I really liked the ways that they had like people gain access to the different multiverses and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, an interesting take. It's one that I didn't expect. That was one thing. It's like, how are they going to do this? Exactly. Yeah. What did you think about it? I really enjoyed it. Um, going back to actors, yeah, Benedict Cumber he, Cumbercock. You know, Cumbercock. Um, sorry, he's a fantastic actor. Uh, <laughs> he is Doctor Strange, dude. Like, yeah, no, he feels... It's almost like how Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Straight up. You know what I mean? You see these characters, and you see these actors in these roles, and you don't see the actors. You see the characters. You're like, oh, yeah, this isn't Benedict Cumberbatch playing Doctor Strange. This is just Doctor Strange. Exactly. <laughs> and um, it was really impactful for me, too, because I never really knew much about the Doctor Strange comics. Yeah, I so, uh, I'm not super well versed in them. I have like an old one from like the '90s, I think. Yeah. Um, 
but I don't, you know, I've read it a few times as growing up as a kid, but I don't know what's going on in that plot. I think there's like vampires involved or something. Dude, Doctor Strange gets wild. Gets very supernatural. For sure. And that's something I didn't really know. Um, we definitely see that in this in this new movie, not going too much into it. Um, we see a little a little more of the the um horror side of things a little bit. Oh, most definitely. Um and how it can get paranormal, like you said. So no, he did great as Doctor Strange, and it was really cool seeing his jump from not only the first movie to this one, but all of the movies that we have seen him in. Yeah, Infinity since. War, Endgame. Yeah. Spider-Man, No Way yeah, Home. Yeah, and Spider-Man, yeah, true. It's been really cool to see him grow and progress as a character. Um, and, of course, everybody else in the movie did fantastic. I mean, there's so many, without getting into it too much yet, there's there's so many kind of big-name actors and, and some really fun appearances that we see in this movie. And everybody who was chosen for their role, I think, did fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, we you know. Elizabeth Olsen. I was just about to say, yeah, yeah. we didn't even talk about Elizabeth Olsen. But, yeah, she did, <clears throat> you know, wonderful. A completely new Wanda Maximoff is, is all I'll say. Yes, um, very much so. A really cool look into her character. Um, so, yeah, I mean, other general impressions, I thought it was really cool how they handled the multiverse. There was some really cool shots here. I, I want to say Sam Raimi directed this, and you can feel that. You yes. Know? That's definitely there. There's you, you definitely get some of the, uh, you know... Not there's not to go into spoilers, but there's a scene where you see uh like it's almost like a zombie and right uh it takes you to Evil Dead. It like, literally straight up. like the makeup and everything just makes you yeah you're transported right back there and you're like oh yeah no this is definitely a Raimi film. Oh for sure for sure um you know Raimi's definitely one of the he's an auteur um so that means. He's somebody you can wreck. If you look at a movie, you say that's a Raimi movie. Yep. If you're watching a Tarantino movie, you, this is a Tarantino movie. You they, see, they have yeah, that they select have style. That, their signature. Exactly. Um, he did great. I, I mean, I think it was great to have him on this project. It, it, it was interesting because he was brought on to the project. Yes, he wasn't originally supposed to direct it. That's something I, I didn't find that out until after watching the movie. Yeah, I, I think I heard about it before I saw the movie, but I couldn't remember the reason why. I don't know if it was just, like, scheduling conflicts with the original director, because I think it was supposed to be... Um, Scott Derrickson. Yes, the director of the first one, who mm-hmm. who I think ended up, instead of directing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, he did The Black Phone. Yeah, and we, yeah. And, you know, I think that the paths that they took led them somewhere great, because yeah, oh, Sam yeah, Raimi sure. did great for this. Um. He had a blast. I've seen some interviews. It's really fun hearing him talk about the experience. Coming back to the superhero biz. Exactly, after so long. And then we have Scott Derrickson, who has direct... He's done horror, too. So both of these guys came from horror, which is interesting as well. Yeah, Derrickson started out in horror before he did Doctor Strange. Right, and he's got like one of my favorite movies from him before seeing The Black Phone, which, oh my God, go see it. It's in theaters right now. Uh, Me and Andrew went over last week and yeah. it was fantastic the movie was crazy such a great experience especially in theaters um he nailed it man so like i'm glad he went down that avenue and he pursued the black phone yeah um, and then Ramy was able to step in and 
make a multiverse of madness. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like there's some conversations to be had for people that think they can see that rift between directors. Like, I feel like there's some people who feel Raimi didn't get to kind of step in and and take more control of this thing because it it was kind of later in the process. Okay, yeah. I see what you mean. But me and you didn't know that going into the movie. Yeah, so no, I, I I didn't see any kind no, of I, Yeah, I thought the movie flowed pretty well, honestly. Um I was kind of out of commission there for about 10 minutes of of our viewing of it. Oh my god. But uh Yeah. I mean, aside from that, everything flew pretty, everything flowed very well for me and yeah. it all made sense. Yeah, you had a spiritual experience while watching Doctor Strange it was, in the multiverse. It was definitely transformative. I think you were swept into the multiverse of madness. Yeah, I I, I was in the dimension where you become paint. Do not <laughs> Do not take 200 milligrams of THC before seeing the multiverse of madness. Don't do it unless you, you want to like melt. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that once we <laughs> once we get into spoilers. Um, well, it actually might be that time. I mean, for an overview, that's that's pretty much what I had to say. There's so much to dive into here and like kind of talk about the inner workings. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could you know just talk a little bit more before we get it hard into spoilers. Just a little bit about like you know cinematography or like the cinema like the score or anything like that you know yeah other things that we can just kind of get out of the way before we jump jump into the spoilers yeah um the score was great i really enjoyed the score for this movie Uh, i know they didn't use the the same guy who did dr strange one but it's somebody that sam raimi brought on who he's worked closely with before Mm -hmm. somebody who understood raimi and you know get where he wanted it to be that's honestly like what you need you need like uh a composer who meshes well with the director and can see the vision that they want and can make the music that evokes the feelings that you need. Exactly. And they totally hit that. And the sound design, I mean, it had me with my mouth open sometimes, just just jaw dropped, man. Oh, absolutely. Like the use of silence and the use of just the smallest sounds. Yes. Like I like and making them bigger. Like the water droplets that you would hear. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. man, yeah, insane. And just like the the way that it just adds to the suspense and tension that builds throughout scenes and stuff. It heightens it. It heightens it. Yeah, especially like, and, and it for being like a Marvel movie, you're not used to seeing it get kind of heavier. Uh, in that sense, like obviously, for sure. You know, I mean, you you get a lot of blank slate scores mm-hmm. in, in sound design in Marvel movies. I hate to say, there's sometimes a cookie cutter formation with these movies. It's just something that comes with a that's multi-billion what dollar been, umbrella. That's what happens when you've been making movies about a universe for over ten years now. For sure. I mean, and you can just kind of see that, but. I think this movie really helped to break that mold in that way. Oh, absolutely. Especially with the sound design, how creative um, Raimi was able to get with the camera. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, These shots were insane. Yeah, you know what? I read somewhere that Kevin Feige worked almost kind of under Sam Raimi for the Spider-Man films. Really? And I feel like he, he got a lot of inspiration from Raimi. And it's just kind of crazy that he went See, up the Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went up the Marvel umbrella. 
and now I think he gave Raimi a little more uh, freedom yeah. than he kind of would other directors because he had that kind of relationship with him prior. Well, I love that. That's 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 awesome. Really cool. Yeah, because like I said, so much Raimi shines through. I mean, oh yeah, for I sure. Know. I mean, it's it's impossible to say that Sam Raimi hasn't influenced superhero movies. Uh, oh God, yeah, like more than probably any other superhero movie director like ever honestly i I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say it he's doing it i'm saying it he's saying it uh just like all the stuff in spider-man one and spider-man two and even spider-man three just it it when you think of a superhero movie you're taken there i don't i don't care what you say you're not you're not going to batman you're not going to one of the like nine superman movies <laughs> jesus yeah you're going straight you're not going to captain america you're not going to avengers you're going straight to spider-man 2 you better stop it with that three nonsense <laughs> <laughs> oh god but yeah no like honestly the shit out of mj <laughs> no so like fucked yeah up, dude but yeah, like seriously, I, I I think he influenced superhero movies more than anybody else has in the past 20, 30 years. For sure, man. Yeah. Um, he definitely set the stage and Feige could see that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I think he, he was like, you know what you're doing, man, to Sam Raimi, you know. Just go ahead and do your thing. Right, right. Um so that was really cool. Um the look and sound of this movie was fantastic. Visual effects, you know, there's always some kind of hindrances, but I still think that this movie held on really well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, uh, I mean, early on, there's a scene where he, like, slices a bus in half. Oh, yeah. And I just thought that scene looked so cool. Uh, like, the sh- the camera work of that scene was super cool. Absolutely. And then also the visual effects of him literally splitting this bus in half dude the sorcerer shit is just i just i love how the sorcery works you know visually and oh yeah no it's it's very world. very cool yeah. the sling rings are like dope and dude yeah yeah if you could just be like i'm like he feels he looks so cool he's holding up the fucking rock and roll symbol i think i i saw dude, like, like an so interview cool. he gave where he said he used to feel cool doing that but yeah. now he doesn't stop i think he was like it's 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 grown old on me now too many circle movements with now my arm. I just feel like a weirdo. <laughs> well, we'll we still think you're cool, Benedict. We still think you're cool. It's dope. We still think you're cool, Benihana. Benihana. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into this thing a little bit. Um, it's spoiler time. We're getting into the spoilers. Get the shit out if you don't want to hear it. If you do want to hear it, stay. That's cool. That's fine. You're allowed. You can be here, even if you. Even if you don't want to hear it, but you also don't want to leave, stay. Stay. Just turn it down. Just turn it down. I mean, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can um, totally skip forward a little bit to our conversation, um, our spoiler-free conversation of everything, everywhere, all at once. Though we will get into spoilers for that as well, but we'll have kind of a spoiler-free conversation. We'll hit you with another spoiler warning. But, um, yeah, let's head into it. Um, okay. We talked a lot about what makes this movie work. Um, I'm going to tell you one thing that didn't work for me. Yeah. That kind of stuck out. But this is like kind of my fault, too, that it didn't work. So I saw this movie before I saw the first Doctor Strange. Yes. 
I put Doctor Strange one off for so long because how much I got to know him already from the other movies. You can't see it, but I'm I'm giving him like the the finger X's. Shame. Because Shame. I, I, I told him multiple times <laughs> to watch Doctor Strange one. I should have got into it right before, but so like the Christine character did not connect for me at all. No. But that's my that's my fault. Yeah, that's why I wanted to watching. ask you. How did that work for you? Because it was um, a really centric theme in the movie. Yeah. It, and I mean, I don't, I can't remember when the first one came out, but it was so long ago. I think the first one came out in like 2016 or something like right. that. Right. And that's so, so much has happened since we've even seen yeah. this Christine character. Um, I mean, she's pretty integral to the character of Stephen Strange. Um, I mean, she's like kind of, I mean, she's the reason that he is the way that he is. Um, right. But, you know, her character in the Multiverse of Madness, it was cool to see. It's just so strange that she becomes this, like, multiversal scientist when in right. in the first Doctor Strange movie, she's just, a, like, a nurse. Right. It's So we see her in a different universe like that um, later in the film. Yeah, when she's, like, reintroduced. Right, right. Because, I mean, the film opens up with... Oh, yeah, that's right. I completely forgot. I... See, I, in my head, I completely forgot that the movie opens up at her wedding. Yeah, which was kind of crazy. And, like, for me, I'm like, okay, he used to know this person, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, he definitely... I was picking it up as we went along. Yeah, he, uh, he... De- and you can definitely tell that there's still kind of something there, yeah. but it's not enough for him to, like, do anything about, you know what I mean? He right. still talks to her and all that. He's still happy for her to be married, um, but he's got that kind of undertone. It, it feels like they are it f- very much. It feels like they're like two people who just, it was like the wrong place, wrong time. Right. You know what I mean? Or like something happened and it, it kind of pushed them to this point where they couldn't be together, but they still care about each other. Okay. Yeah. Um. And I mean, that's kind of, uh, why he becomes a sorcerer in the first place, because right. he wants to, you know he gets his hands messed up in his accident with her, and uh, he wants to be a doctor again. Originally, that's like his his goal, so he can yeah, and that worked really well in the first movie. So like, I mean, I did see their connection yeah really well in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I and honestly, I mean, this might be um. Not necessarily 100% correlated, but I feel like the the What If series that came out on Disney Plus, gotcha. Uh, when they did like their Doctor Strange episode, that one's like all about Christine. Really? Yeah, it's okay. it's that one is basically um, spoilers for What If. Spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> but the I mean the plot of this episode is just he's trying to in this universe she dies in the car crash. She died. Oh, wow. Okay. And he becomes a sorcerer to try to change fate. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, he just continuously, like, starts eating these creatures to, like, absorb their power. Oh, wow. Almost kind of like Wanda in uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Like, how she's she's got these different beasts that she's controlling. Right. Yeah. Strange is, like, summoning these beasts and then, like absorbing their power into himself so is he using the book i don't think he's using the book but i can't remember what exactly he's using he's using something okay and i I mean by the end of it he's trying to like he uses the eye to go back in time 
Okay, yeah. And he tries to stop it, and it's like he ends up having to like fight the ancient one because she's there, and wow. she's like, you know, you can't. This is a fixed point in time. If you do this, it's gonna, you know, destroy everything. Holy shit! Yeah. And he does it anyway, and it completely like destroys his his universe, and he's like trapped. Wow. Stuck in this like, he like saves her, but then it like causes all these different. Like in the multiverse of madness, like, do we, movie, is this the Doctor Strange that we're seeing in that movie? I don't think it is, because that Doctor, well, it might be, but that Doctor Strange is a little bit different. I can't remember if he was gaining power for that same reason or not. Gotcha. But in that universe, with that Doctor Strange, how you could see like the buildings had like the uh, black kind of like ooze on them or whatever. Right. Yeah. His entire universe is like that at the end of this What If episode. So they kind of did like a similar thing. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I like how they're pulling and he, from And he very like much that. looks like that Doctor Strange as well. For sure. That's why I was thinking it because I know that was like a darker look. And I just want to say, man, the variants in this are really cool. I love oh, seeing yeah. different versions. The different of versions. Doctor I mean, that Strange. if we're talking about how the movie opens up, that's literally how it opens up with yeah. a fake Doctor Strange. Yeah. And he looks badass. Ponytail strange all day, dude. He's pretty dope uh, right up until he decides that he has to kill America Chavez. Ouch. No, that hurt really bad. But he looks fucking cool it as It probably shit. didn't hurt as much as when he got <laughs> impaled right after saying that. Yeah. What a crazy opening to a film. So we get a really big introduction, which is this new MCU character, America Chavez. Yes. Um, She is so cool, dude. This like, she's me, she's from this like. She uh, deserves a name shout out. And yeah, I already yeah. forgot how to pronounce it correctly. So give me a sec. Pronunciation. Churchill Gomez. Okay, yeah. So we get a new introduction to a character named America Chavez within this opening, which is really cool. She's an awesome character played by Sochil Gomez. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen her in anything before this. No, me neither. And she really, she did really well. Um, and what an opening to a character! Like this is such a chaotic. It's almost it. Sequence. It feels like it opens like halfway through the movie. That's it, that's what I thought. And you know, it's interesting. Another thing to like think about with this film is like how Marvel is like stitching things together almost actively as things are releasing. Yeah, Multiverse was supposed to come out, I think, before No Way Home. I think you're right, honestly. Um, or I might be getting that wrong. I America Chavez was set to premiere in No Way Home. Oh, really? Yeah, originally. But they ended up having to move it to the Multiverse of Madness. Hmm. Was she going to be like a main character in No Way Home, or was it going to be just like a post credit scene or Maybe something? Maybe a post credit scene, or at least just an introduction towards the end of the movie. I, um, I don't know exactly the details. And who knows how that stuff gets worked yeah. around within the Marvel machine? Because oh, yeah. there's so much that you have to everything deal is with. constantly. There's like one million different cogs turning at any given time. That's what I'm saying, man. It's crazy. But no, yeah, she did fantastic. Um, she is our transport through the multiverse. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it this movie it's called Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but it almost feels like it's really an American, American Chavez movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and Doctor Strange is just a passenger along for the ride. Right, right. Um, so one of the big things about this is is we're seeing one of our beloved heroes, 
go full villain. How do you feel about Wanda Maximoff's uh, descent into darkness? Um, you know, honestly, I mean, I, I, I think that it works well in the confines of the film. Right. I think it's pretty natural. Um, from from the trajectory we saw her going from in WandaVision. Yeah, I mean, and you know, we don't have to go into super spoilers for that or anything, but by the end of WandaVision, she's grieved but then also experienced new loss as well as as successfully grieving. Exactly. And at the end of that, she's left with uh this book, the book of Vishanti. No, no, no. That's the book that uh, Doctor Strange is and America Chavez are looking for. She gets the Darkhold. The Darkhold, yes. Um, Makes me think of the Necker Comic Con. Yeah. Sam Raimi, dude, working um, his shit. But yeah, so she gets this book at the end of WandaVision, and she's using it to try to find her, her kids, um, which, you know, didn't exist in, in like, the current Marvel Universe. Right. Um. Her character, be, there's such a fixation on family after, you know, I mean, she loses vision. Yes. She's very she's very alone, and she's holding on to the possibility that she, she can find her children In that she almost universe. pulled yeah. from another universe, uh, you know, into her own reality. So so she's looking for America Chavez. That's her goal. Yeah, and, uh, and she's, she's, she's revealed also, to be... I mean, she's also, like not just looking for America Chavez, she's also looking for that universe where her kids are that she can find and take. Exactly. And she's doing that by, like, body hopping. Dude, what do they call it? Do they call it... Um, dream walking, I dream think? walking, yeah. So you're basically possessing a version of yourself in another universe. Just really cool like, concept. overriding them. It's insane. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so throughout the movie, she's trying to get America Chavez, but we don't know that like at the start. Right. At the start, it's just they're being chased by these uh, interdimensional monsters, I guess you could say. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, like they're being chased and uh, they're like in this space between spaces, I yeah. guess you could say. And uh, they're fighting this giant monster and... Eventually, Strange is like, oh, wait, we can't win, and I can't let it take you. Right. So I'm going to kill you. And then right before he does that- This is that variant Strange. Yeah, like this is, sorry, intro. yeah, this is, the, this is at the very beginning, yeah, when we're with the alternate. And- uh, My ponytail boy. Yes. Beautiful Strange boy. Supreme, I think they refer to him in, like, the credits. So cool. Um, but not a great person. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Supreme. Supreme he's got the Supreme. <laughs> he's got. He's all dripped shit. out and everything. Yeah, he's, he's got the drip, my dude. Um, and then he gets impaled, and she opens up a portal, and falls through it, and uh, takes the body with her. Very, very plot critical moment. Yeah, that was kind of nuts. And dude. they fall through, and they're suddenly in uh the main Marvel universe, the cinematic universe. Yeah. Yep. And then she runs into our Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sets shit off. While he's fighting like a giant, like tentacled monster. Again, love that scene. Love that Dude, scene. Dude, yeah, what like cause he's at the wedding and all yeah. of a sudden he hears about it and he just walks out to the balcony and he takes his tie. That's just superhero time. 
and he just pulls out his tie and it becomes his cape. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he just walks off the ledge. Oh. Beautiful, dude. Beautiful. Um, so that fight sequence was really cool. Like you said, the visual effects are really awesome. That's splitting that bus in half. No, and I, the, the really cool part about that was that when she comes through the portal, she's on that bus. Right. And then she like gets out of the bus as he slices it open. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, that space she opened was now gone. And I, that's like another like example of like the visual effects working out really well. Yeah, for sure. I totally forgot about that. Um, so that kind of propels us into this crazy multiversal chase. Um First off, we, we see Doctor Strange going to Wanda Maximoff. And I got to say, man, probably like 20 minutes in, you find out there's the reveal yeah, um, that she is the main antagonist. They hit it to you relatively quickly. He, yeah. he he comes to the conclusion that like, oh, yeah, we're, we're dealing with like reality warping magic. Yeah. Uh, I know somebody who can do reality warping magic. Let's go ask her what's going on. <laughs> he doesn't. He, he just he's like, oh, yeah, she'll be helpful. Yeah. Goes there and. She's, you know, living her best life out there in her uh, cottage with a field of, uh, like, apple trees, I think, or yeah, something like that. really beautiful kind of scape that they were in. And they're talking a bit, and she immediately, like, apologizes for the events of WandaVision. And yeah. it's like, oh, I knew somebody was going to come for me for that eventually. Strange I really like is, that. Strange thing, is yeah. like, well, no, I'm not here for that. Yeah. And then Wanda... Uh, He's like, well, what's going on then? And he's like, oh, I got this kid yeah, uh, who's being chased by these, like, interdimensional threats. And she's like, oh, well, you should bring America to me. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. can help protect her. Strange kind of, like, gives her the side eye for a minute. Yep. And then she's just like, oh, wait. You didn't say her name, did you? You didn't, you didn't tell me that her name was America, <laughs> did you? He's like, no, I didn't. And then everything turns Red. Oh my god, the way the illusion shatters and oh, it's just so cool. her her beautiful cottage is now a decrepit shack yeah. and all of these trees are now dead and rotted. The hex was easy, the lying not so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, that was really cool. Um I really like her line in that conversation where they're kind of discussing good and bad. She says, "When you break the rules, uh-huh. you're a hero. When I break the rules, I'm a villain." That's not very fair. Her delivery was fantastic on that. Yeah, no. I thought it was very brilliant. Um, and then it's 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 full on Wanda, um, versus yeah. I mean, at that point, cat's out of the bag. Yeah, I mean, she immediately after that, we are already we're at um the temple. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Strange, Strange takes America to Wong. Yeah, and Sorcerer Supreme Wong. Yes, and they go to uh, Kamertaj, I think. Is, yeah. is the name of their like temple place and then yeah they try to hold off against wanda it's cool to see the temple like on full like defense mode, mode. Yeah. yeah it's it's very interesting i love like how they how they formed like uh squadrons that would like yeah. hold the shield up yeah the barrier that, uh-huh. that was dope this is really where it starts to turn into a horror movie. Yeah, it's just wanda's floating above it and she's just she gives like one last chance yeah. To accept her demands to give over America. She's like, nobody needs to die. Just give me the kid. Right. And they're like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and she's just floating up there and just trying to get into the head of one of these people. Dude, yeah. Because if she can get into the head of one. Yep. It'll stagger everybody else. Exactly. And sure enough, she she 
gets in someone's head, and it just it staggers the shield just enough for her to slip through. Right. And then it's chaos. Yeah, oh, there's no better way to describe it than just kind of utter chaos. It's yeah. Um, they're doing everything they can to to protect Chavez, and she doesn't have a full grip on her powers of multiversal yeah, no. travel either. That's something that we kind of see throughout the movie. Yeah, she she very much it it's like a, a fight or flight response to her almost, or like a um a trauma response in right. a way. Like it's when things get too crazy, it comes out. She yeah. can't control it. So that happens, but before that is when we get, like I said, the first like horror horror sequence. I don't remember where like Wanda gets trapped, but this is where she's like in that weird kind of glass space, right? Does that happen? That happens in the. Uh... This is like when they're deeper into the fortress because like she broke their. Oh yeah, because she fences she, and chases she climbs them out of the gong. That's right. That's where I'm getting to. Yeah, because I couldn't remember if she. If that happened in the other in the other universe yeah. with the Illuminati, or if it was this one, but I think I think you're right. I think it is the current universe. Yeah, this is this one. She's like he opens up like a a portal to trap her in the mirror dimension, and she's yeah, trapped. That's in what like, it is. In like puddles of water, she she's like she can like move through like reflections or something like that. Yeah, and um, so cool how they do it. That's what the, they utilize that silence. Like you hear nothing. And then she puts her finger into like the glass, and it turns into like a water. And you just hear like surface. a surface soup, just one little bloop, <laughs> like reverbed throughout the theater. And then like the shots, man, you just see she's her dragging, head, yeah, just like flashing through like uh, water reflections. And then yeah, dude. And then she just drags herself out of the gong. Like, straight up the ring coming out of the TV. No, 100%. Like, her bones are cracking. She's, like, backwards crawling yes. out of this it is, thing. It is, like, there's no way it's not, like, a direct homage to the ring. Terrifying, dude. There's points in this movie where you're like, how is this not? Like, they pushed the PG-13 boundary to the very edge. Yes, for sure. Um, and also, I think, just, like, what you can get away with in a Marvel movie to yeah, the edge. For sure. Um so we get some universe jumping. The first, um, when they first multiverse hop, fantastic sequence. Um, this is when Andrew was dying. He was actually. Um, <laughs> I was deceased, yeah. You were, I, I'm pretty convinced you were um, fighting God I, in your head. Like, I, yeah. um, <laughs> I definitely was like transported to another plane of existence. Uh yeah, so those edibles were kicking in for you. Yeah, and man. me and, and just my... these visuals, dude. Uh huh. And this was like the time, of course, that that happened. The overload happens. Here. It had to happen during right the time when, when they traverse. So overwhelmingly visually and uh like auditorially. Yeah. Like just... we've we've got um like he's holding Chavez as they're traveling and his face is their faces are coming apart in squares. Yeah, like big cubes. There's get, like you said, the paint, the paint dimension. The paint dimension where they just they get in this universe and it's just you just hear bloop, bloop, bloop. like the sound was crazy, bloop. man. And I look over and Andrew's just trying not I'm literally like <laughs> falling back in my seat. Yeah. Like clenching myself together, like trying to breathe as hard as I like not not hard breathing yeah. but just like taking like controlled breaths I'm not traversing the multiverse right now they're, I'm okay they're looking at me just like <laughs> are you all right and I'm just I give them like a thumbs up and I'm just like I'm I'm very high right now <laughs> Jesus Christ 
but yeah, man, that that scene, very very crazy visually, insane, crazy visually, um, crazy for the sound. Oh yeah, just um, overwhelming, and in but in a good way. Right, and then um, they pop out in uh, the universe where like green means stop and red means yeah, go. Yeah, we get our fucking awesome Bruce Campbell. You know, he knew Bruce Campbell was gonna be in it. Just wondering how he's gonna appear. Oh yeah, yeah. So he, we get a really fun sequence with him, and I kind of wanna. Skip forward a bit, because, um, of course, we get a lot of multiversal travel. There's some fun stuff. I want to talk about the Illuminati yes. a little bit. Yes. And and that chase scene with the dream walking that kind of leans Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Wanda's been using this uh, Darkhold book, this book of, like, dark magic that... Uh, pretty much, It pretty much corrupts you if you use it. Like, that's just the main thing. Yeah, right? like, it, it's evil. And the more you use it, the the more it corrupts your your morals and your soul and all that. And that's kind of why she's the way she is in this movie because she's been using this book for so long. Right. Um, that's where that really like that deep rooted corruption can kind of come from. And in this book, there's a, a, like a way for you to like hop into a, your body in another universe. And she's been doing this like every night to right. like be with her kids, which is just like. Insane. Insane. And you also feel really bad for her, you especially feel, if you've seen it's like It's like, it's crazy, but sad. Like, it, like, it's insane, but you pity her. Exactly. We get this awesome chase sequence that was very Raimi, very... Yes. She's scary, man. She 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 dream walks into this other Maximoff, who's just, the, you know, she's just... Taking care of her kids. Taking care of her kids. You know, her eyes go wide. She, she goes out the door when she's possessed. Mm-hmm. The pursuit is like a monster's chasing you, man. She, She's yeah, got I mean, yeah. The um, the blood dripping down. I don't know down if it's blood or, or if it's something else like, because it's PG thirteen. But she's got this liquid on her face dripping down. Um, just yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's such a brutal pursuit, and, and I never thought I'd be scared of her like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, we get the introduction of the Illuminati, which was teased in the trailer a lot. Yeah, where we have these awesome key figures kind of brought together in the multiverse so i mean yeah we got you know professor x is here dude which is just insane you never thought you'd see him in a marvel movie like a cinematic mcu movie right Sorry. exactly played uh by patrick stewart beautiful dude. my bald boy my bald boy um john krasinski john krasinski as, as mr. Mr. Fantastic. mr fantastic which is you know incredible he looked so good. Oh uh, no, he's hot. Oh no, he's hot. <laughs> Indeed. Um, what a fucking great uh, Mister Fantastic. I didn't, I didn't see Captain Marvel, like mm. the the movie, but uh, I think Captain Marvel in this movie is played by the other girl. That's uh, is her name Rainbow? Her, yeah, her last name is Rambo. Yeah, yeah okay. but I, but it's it's. The character from WandaVision's mother, I think. Right. Yeah. She took the role of uh, Captain Marvel. She becomes Marvel Captain Marvel in this universe. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Mordo, who was from Doctor Strange 1. Yeah. Really cool to see him back as He's well. He's like another sorcerer type character. Exactly. Um, and then we got, who else was there? I mean, Black Bolt. Black Bolt. And we have um, Captain Carter. And, what yeah, if. and Captain Carter, yeah. So, uh, you know, we're bringing some elements of what if in, which is really cool. Very cool to see, yeah. We're introduced to these awesome characters. We get a, we don't get a lot of time with them. They have, um, like, a whole, like, uh, council. Yeah. That they operate from. Exactly. Uh, Dude, it, I mean, they show us 
you get to see yeah their version of Endgame. So cool, man. I mean, it's just it's just a short blip, but it's like this is really. They're like, oh yeah, no, Doctor Strange was in our universe. Yeah, but he's not anymore. Right, because we killed him. He's dead. And they explain that you know. Doctor Strange uh, invites chaos into the world, and he has yeah. to be stopped. Yeah, that was kind of nuts. In all universes, um, and so like they're against him at first. Yeah, and then yeah, Wanda shows up, and uh, I was like holding my head for this scene. She's just she's there, and uh, it's it's scary. <laughs> they all walk up and Reed Richards. The smartest man alive. Yeah. <laughs> says, Wanda, stop. You don't understand. Black Bolt can make you disappear with just his voice. All he has to do is open his mouth and you're gone. Open his what? Yeah, she just goes, his what? And it cuts back to Black Bolt who has had his mouth removed. He's like, he's like, he's like grabbing at his mouth where it should be. And he, you just his hear him. His power is like supersonic shrieks. Yeah, he's, his, like, he can't talk. Anytime he opens his mouth to speak, it, like, creates these, like, sound waves that just, like, disintegrate everything. Pretty much, yeah. And he can't open his mouth, but he still makes these noises. And this is where I was, like, this is insane that this was put into a a, a Marvel movie yep. and B a PG thirteen film. Uh, I guess because there's no blood or anything in in this. You get a little bit, and it's still disturbing, man. But like, yeah, he opens his he doesn't open his mouth, but the words come out, and you just see like the energy bouncing around oh, in his God. skull, and. My it man concaves. just my man just explodes from the inside. His head implodes. You see, like the soft spot on the right side of his head where it's just mush. Yeah, his nose bleeds. You get, I think, you get some in the eye. Ooh, it is, it is brutal. And from there, it is a total onslaught. The Illuminati be like, why do I hear boss music, <laughs> dude? Like some Dark Souls boss music, powering in here. So yeah, I mean, that happens, and then. Uh, I think right after that, Mr. Fantastic tries his hand. Wanda. He's like, Wanda, what have you done? And he goes to try to stretch at her. Becomes string cheese. And she literally turns him into, yeah, she like shreds him alive. Fucking insane, dude. Like a human being in a paper shredder. Oh my God. Peggy Carter gets cut in half with her own shield. Peggy Carter gets cut in half with her own shield. Captain Marvel has like a, a building fall on her. Yeah. And I think people had a problem with this scene. Some people did. I'm with like, what? Like, how else can you prove that she is a force to be like not be fucked with? Yeah, I mean, she, she's the only thing holding herself back. Literally, dude. And I think that's been a that's the point they're trying to and, make. And I think that that's been a character trait of hers since even before uh, WandaVision. Yeah, because I mean. She's the she's she's the reason there's the explosion in civil war. Right. You know yep. what I mean? And uh then it's at, like after that she's she starts like holding herself back mentally, I feel like cuz she doesn't want to kill people. For sure, yeah. Uh, at the time. <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the time, yeah. Um but yeah, like 
I think it's very clear that she's like she was one of like the strongest Avengers period. Dude, oh always. Yeah. If she had just unleashed on Thanos at the start, right. Would have been game over. Right. I, I feel the same way. But so I think it just is in character, especially with like at the end of WandaVision when she's like crowned the Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah. And she's told, you know, you are like the most powerful like chaos entity in creation or whatever. Right. I think it just sets up the stage for her being this like super powerful, like insano strong being. 100%, man. Yeah. So just to go over the, the the bigger plot points here so we can we're going to move on to everything everywhere all at once. Um we get a lot of cool stuff on the back end of the movie. Um we meet Dark Strange who who has destroyed his world like you said, um pretty much on his multiversal hunt for a, for a universe where him and Christine work. Yeah. Yes, which, that's what he was doing. Yeah, which um he can't find um in 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 the dark hold corrupts him in this universe yeah we get a really cool sequence where we see strange and him fighting um we also get some more strange and christine scenes that were really cool before this yeah um talking about i i think she name drops uh the marvel cinematic universe as being earth 616 which is oh shit cool which i think is like the main continuity universe in like the marvel comics awesome cool so (laughs) yeah we got some establishment there sick um, from there, you know, he, he obviously overcomes the dark strange and then he yes. recovers his dark hold. Yeah. And he uses it. He dream walks. Um, but and wait, you might say how he's in America <laughs> is in a different, she's back in like the main universe being almost killed by Wanda. How, yep. how, how could he get back to his, his universe without, uh, America, and I mean, it, he's from his universe, so how can he dreamwalk into his own universe? There's nobody there, right? Right. Oh, wait. <laughs> I forgot at the beginning of the movie, they hit a dead body. You're right. And so we get the dreamwalk into Zombie Strange. And this is... Hello, Sam Raimi. <laughs> yes, this is Sam Raimi, like, at his best. He's just doing all these pra- the practical makeup on Zombie Strange, Dude, man. He looks, looks scary. Disgusting. He looks scary. He and does. just like the way his fingers are like cracking and I swear to god you can see some bone. Yeah. Like, very evil dead, very uh, de- <sighs> just cool. Crazy, man. Yeah, and then he shows up. This is up. like the epitome of dark strange, man. Yeah, he shows up and does like the whole like uh Yeah, there's like evil spirits like attacking him. And he controls them. Yeah, because it's like you're not supposed to do this. No, no. Yeah, they're like you that. can't do that. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> I'm doing it. and You're gonna fucking help me. And they be they these dark entities form wings. And they like as zombie him, strange yeah. rises. Oh, dude, I was I was freaking the fuck out. And they go and they fight, and uh, they get transported back into like the Illuminati verse. Yeah. And I think that's when we get like that scene where. Wanda just is like she's got all the fight taken out of her. Right at this point, America has fought back. Strange has fought back. Yep, and she's just like broken at this point. She just wants her kids, and they're afraid of her. And I think that's what yeah does it is she sees her kids and they freak. America out. just she finally opens up a portal to where she wants it to go, and and Wanda just you know there's just like a step through, and 
she's trying to talk to her kids. Who are just like. They're fucking so scared. Yeah. And I mean, wouldn't you? Of course. And, and she yells at him. She freaks yeah, out. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, it, the scene that I thought was really cool was she's, you know, she realizes that she's traumatized these kids and that they're not her kids and that they don't love her. Right. And she's just there broken. And she, like, apologizes. And then that universe's Wanda comes up to her and just, yeah. like, puts her hand on her shoulder and is oh, man. just like, you know, it's okay. Right. And uh, I just thought that was a really, really, like, powerful scene. Absolutely, man. Yeah, for sure. And um, so then it, it kind of comes to a conclusion after that. Wanda... Um, just kind of lets the building that she's in kind of collapse on itself. And yeah, that's she, the last we see of yeah, her. Yeah, so who knows what's going on with her. Yeah, no no on-screen death, but, like, we don't know where she ends up. Yeah. Uh, America is now training yeah, uh, dude. at Comertage with I love Long. That. Uh, Strange, in a post credit scene, mm-hmm. uh, is encountered by this lady who just appears. Played, had no played by uh, Charlize Theron. Yeah, and she's just like, "Strange, you've caused an incursion in the timeline. <laughs> we need you to fix it." And okay, uh, he's like, "All right," and opens up his third eye that he got from the dark hold. Yep, there are some consequences to using the dark hold. It uh, so we'll see how that plays yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. Um. And then, yeah, she opens up, like, a portal for him, and then that's how that movie ends. Yeah. I love the um, the fucking meme about Marvel end credit scenes. Oh, yeah. Everybody sits through the credits for, for Mick Floppy to come on screen and say, <laughs> Where's my Star Wars cameo from Gulp Shitto? Oh, my God. So, yeah, no, dude, I loved Multiverse of Madness. I thought it was a great, I mean, it's entertaining. Oh, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Um, whatever gripes you may have with Marvel or how they make their films, this was definitely this had the Raimi imprint. Mm-hmm. This not had, your traditional Marvel film. I mean, it's very stylistic. It'd be it'd be lying to say it didn't have you know the Marvel for sure stamp stamp on it, and like the it hits some of the same points that most Marvel movies hit. Yeah, but the way that it hits these points is done in like a completely different way. For sure, man. So definitely go check it out um, if you haven't seen it, but you're still here listening. I, I recommend going to actually watch it. I mean, the visual experience, the auditory experience is fantastic. So it's streaming now on Disney Plus. Go check that shit out if you Absolutely, haven't yet. Yeah. Um, what up, motherfucker? We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a message from our sponsors. So listen up. Because we're about to sell you shit. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Zach. Do you know who our new sponsor is? Well, of course I know him. He's me. Oh, shit. And hopefully the listener at home. Not only do we like watching movies, we make movies. And we're making a movie. What's best? A film written and directed by our own Zach Gosef. Oh, shit, you're right. That's me. So, Zach, what exactly is What's Best all about? What's Best is a near-future sci-fi thriller centered around an elderly man whose reality begins to crumble as he discovers his wife is not who or what she seems. Wow, that sounds really intense. Well, you're right about that. What's even more intense is the immense pressure of raising a budget for a film. 
Well, how do you do that exactly? Oh shit, I'm glad you asked. Well, we've got our Indiegogo page live until August 6th. We've got a lot of perks for everybody to check out, like official soundtracks, an official script, BTS, really cool stuff, so check it out and please help me make my dreams come true so I'm not a sad man. That's www.indiegogo.com forward slash what's best. Oh shit, let's get back to the show. Bring us to our next topic here. We are talking everything, everywhere, all at once. An A24 film that came out, um, I think, shortly after Multiverse of Madness. Love me some A24. Oh, absolutely, man, for sure. And like we said, compared, comparatively speaking, Doctor Strange had that $200 million budget. We're going down to $25 million budget. It's crazy. And honestly, it it doesn't feel like that. Like No. It feels like it has a bigger budget than it does. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, this movie did really good at the box office. I think it was A24's most... No, I think it it, it is their highest grossing movie. movie. Mm-hmm. It, it, it overtook Hereditary. Uh, okay, so that's what it dethroned. All right. So it, it it's at 82 po- $89.2 million is uh, how much they ended up making. So that's awesome. That's crazy. And this film deserves you know every cent of that. It was fantastic. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it... it I you know I've been hearing things like oh this movie's been great this movie was super awesome it was super crazy yeah so I've been wanting to see it and then we finally got around to watching it and yeah man it 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 completely blew me away I know last episode I said like the Northman was like <laughs> was like it's it's a it's up there a on contender. my list for sure man like such a great movie even our, our buddy of... said when we were talking the Northman up we we're like this might be the movie of the year for us he's like. Did you see everything everywhere all at once? And I mean, like, in terms of telling an original story, yeah, I think everywhere, everything everywhere all at once beats out The Northman. Yes, uh, for sure. Because, I mean, The Northman, for being as great a movie as it is, it is still just an adaptation of, uh, an, like, a Nordic tale. Right, and it's, you know? it's a revenge story, you know? And it's, yeah. We know those. Mm-hmm. They're very familiar. This movie is, is something completely different. It's, I mean, incredible, dude. With the small team that they had... To work on this, um, you know the visuals are insane, and oh, yeah. it's just like such a creative way of mixing visual effects to get this multiversal travel with like and practical camera cuts. Yeah, and... yeah. Um, I've I read a lot of interviews on how they kind of did some of the the special effects and the visual effects in this movie, and it kind of blew me away. Yeah. Um, Something that's really interesting, uh, the directors, the Daniels, they're yeah. they're a duo. Yeah, I saw that when they did like the false credits when it was just like this movie was written by Daniels. I was yeah. like, what? I was like Daniels. Yeah, it's the Daniels, man. And then I saw in the real credits when they were like, oh yeah, the directors are Daniel and Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they th- there was they they got their start in in music videos. Really? Yeah. Um. 2013, you want to guess what music video? 2013? Huge music video, huge song. It'll make you laugh. Uh, Rebecca Black's Friday. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Turn down for what? No. Yes. No. These are the directors of, of the music video for Turn Down for What? That's fucking legendary. So you think about that video, they do some crazy shit in that music video. They do, they do some wacky stuff. It so. gets very, very artsy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
they they took a lot of what they learned starting out in music videos that like creative that. shot and thinking practical style, and then yeah. adding VFX later, you know, that kind of stuff had a huge influence on how they did this movie and how they thought through some of this stuff. I can definitely see the influence. Yeah. So just to give kind of a a little overview, um yeah, I mean, we're not going to get into too much spoilers right now, but just like for like a general like this movie is about this. How would you describe it? It's so we have the main character Evelyn Kwan Wang, played by the lovely Michelle Yeoh. Um, she did fantastic. Very, yeah, very good. She she plays like her. yeah, no, I hadn't haven't really seen her in anything else before, but she plays the role of like a, um, you know, first generation mm-hmm. uh, like immigrant to America mom who's like very much kind of traditionalist, but also right. trying to be more. Uh, accepting of other things. Mm-hmm. And She's really stuck in between that. Mm-hmm. You've got the very traditional father that you're trying to please, and you're also dealing yeah, with... Yeah, your very liberal daughter. Exactly. exactly. Who's who like the exact opposite of like traditionalist values. For sure. And it's like there's this confrontation, there's this tense kind of... These tense moments between the family. I mean, really... Even the directors have said at the core, this movie is a family drama. I was, I was just about to say, it, it, this movie is 100% about family. Yeah, through all, through all the noise. And in, in they say that in the movie a lot. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's where it comes all the back noise, to. Yep. So, so, really, it's, it's about, I think, a mother reconnecting with her family in a meaningful way. Because she had kind of lost herself in her own life, and she yeah. was so focused on that. Yeah. And it's about kind of coming back together. And and I say that, but it's like this movie is a trip. Also, oh, it's for like sure. that's just like the yeah the interconnectedness to it. Like that's they have to keep coming back to that. I very much think yeah, it's a movie about like I I think it's a movie about existential dread. Right. Um. Like so much so. And coming to terms with that. Right. And also. Like self realization, and and like you said, reconnecting with your family. Because I mean, the movie is very, very much almost like a self, like a journey of discovery for her, for for the main character. Absolutely. Because I mean, she starts out this movie as this like, she's not like beaten down, but she's like kind of on the edge. I mean, she's right there on the edge. Yeah, I mean, she her family's being audited by the IRS. Pretty much, she's stuck in this like. Um, you know, it it it's not loveless. Yeah, but the work has definitely overtaken their their life, like their personal life and everything. Like they don't have time to do anything for themselves. It's all about the business and exactly everything like that. So um, that's her and her husband, um, Waymond Wang. Oh my God, Waymond is my man, dude. What a king! What, what a king! He he gets the crown, dude. My favorite character in in the in the movie, yeah, he was awesome. But yeah, they... really interesting fact about um, his actor, um, Kihu Kwan. Yeah, this is his return to the big screen, like since I think The Goonies. Wait. He played the little kid in The Goonies. Really? Yeah, and and he he was also in Indiana Jones. That was his breakthrough. No, into Hollywood. Right. Right. Was he the kid in Indiana Jones? Yeah, he's oh a little kid. Oh my god! It's crazy, man. But I, like, I watched an interview with him and Kimmel, and he's kind of talking. Like, Kimmel's like, "Why'd you step away from acting or whatever?" 
And he says, you know, it's not really that I decided to step away. It's that we weren't getting Asian representation at this time. Nobody needed a little Asian kid, you know. Yeah. And it was kind of a really real moment. So he said, that's why I kind of got behind the camera. I started, like, working behind the scenes on sets. Mm -hmm. And he said he saw the movie Crazy Rich Asians that came out recently, and he saw that representation, and it gave him the drive. To want to get back in there? Yeah. That's awesome. And what a great guy, man. Like, he's got such a humble, such a nice, sweet voice, so calming. I I loved him in this movie, man. Oh, my God. He's such a sweetheart. Yeah. But, Um, yeah, so we have him and and his optimism versus... Her pessimism. Exactly. Exactly. But it's like... He's optimistic, but it's 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 almost not even like optimism, but it's just like she at this point is just like so like you said like on the edge of being broken down. It's like exactly she's just so pessimistic about everything. She's like a nihilist of sorts almost at this right. point, where it's like nothing really matters. Um, That's a huge theme which as well. Is a huge theme, mm-hmm. and he like. He he's constantly there trying to do damage control in in ways that she perceives as being like dumb. What's he doing? Like he's he's, he's, he's making a fool of himself. Right. He's embarrassing us. But then he's you know, he's just doing what he can. Exactly. <laughs> he's he's just and I think that's the band aids on where that's a very can. big plot point as well yeah. throughout the film is that, you know, these people are just these people are these people and they just are acting the way they are, you know what I mean? Right. It's not like um I'm trying to figure out the way I want to word it, but it's mm-hmm. like uh he's he's doing this not like he's acting in the way he is in the movie because not because he's trying to do damage control right. or whatever. It's just that's the kind of guy Waymond is. Exactly. You know exactly. I mean? He's always there to help. It's yeah. like he'd be first in line to mm-hmm. make sure everything's all right, everyone's okay. Um Really awesome stuff, man. Um, like, I think it's impossible to go step by step in this movie, so I kind of want to just talk about the bigger points. Yeah. So do, um, do we want to drop, like, a spoiler? Yeah, we're going to talk do we about... Do do a little bit more, like, cinematography talk or anything like that? or like? Yeah, for sure. Um, the cinematography was really impressive. Um, yeah, no, I liked it a lot. The, there's the, a, the, so much use of mirrors and mirrors, catching characters. I liked I liked the big wide shots that were just like the zooms, like the oh, yeah. like the one that I think of immediately is like the janitor closet. Yes, zoom. Yep, that her first like punch into the multiverse. Well, like there's that one, but I'm also talking about like after the fact when it's like just that zoom and then it hard cuts to the other universe. G- right, gotcha. I love and just I loved the the way that they did like the multiversal stuff like oh my god yeah how it was punctuated by like if it, if they didn't do like the whole visual effect where it's like her head is like yeah literally like spinning right uh i really loved that they would just do cuts yeah just, just straight fast hard cuts and it, you're left to wonder like in some points like oh what universe are we in for sure yeah the movie plays itself very much as like you're in a fractured universe. You're experience, you, you, you are experience, experiencing. Yeah, you experience everything that Evelyn is experiencing. Yeah, everything, everywhere, all, all at once. That title, they they're not fucking around, no. dude. You 
you're, there's so many there's so many storylines happening at the same time. Yes. So many. And I loved you're the, seeing her life play out in so many. I loved the split shots they would do too, where you would get like half the screen would be her in like the one, fractured. Yeah, glass. her in one universe, and the other would be her in the other one. Yeah. I thought that was those were really cool shots too. So cool, and such an interesting way to show the fracture and the branches in the universe. Sound design was super cool too. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I just think about like when they show the the everything bagel, like the oh, sound. Dude, yeah, I uh, had an everything bagel this morning. To how celebrate. did it make you feel? Lost, Were hopeless, you experiencing everything everywhere all at once. Yes, nothing uh. matters. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so, it, I mean, in the lighting, dude, yeah. the lighting was fantastic. The colors, the color work. Oh, yeah, just through ev- multiversal everything. Shifts. Yeah, it was all so well, well done. Right. Um, so dipping a little bit into spoilers. It's spoiler time. Um, just to get a little deeper into this movie, like I said, we're not going to go step by step because there's just so much that happens, but... I want to talk a little bit more about the dive into narcissism because, you know, what we find is that her daughter is kind of the main antagonist almost. Yeah. It's very complicated. It's, it's, yeah, I mean. <laughs> her daughter becomes this transcendent multiverse walker where she's experiencing everything at once. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you you get told by Alpha Waymond. Who is, From the Alpha universe. Who is like, if we're talking about like an alpha male. Dude, yeah, I know. I know. It's it's Alpha Wayman. Going from sure. Wayman to Alpha Wayman, I love seeing the Virgin Wayman versus the yeah. Chad Alpha Wayman. Straight up, bro. Um, Straight up. But I mean, yeah, he explains to Evelyn uh, that in in the Alpha verse, she was this like scientist who she like she discovered the multiverse. Yeah, she, yeah. Evelyn originally created or like discovered the multiverse through her experiments. Right. And then uh, experimented on her kid and broke her. That's a big no-no. Pumped her too full of the multiverse. And she ended up seeing everything everywhere all at once. And that's a big, I mean, it's all metaphorical too. You know, it goes back to how she treats her in the current universe. Yeah. Like in, in the main storyline, she's not treating her daughter well at all. No, she I just mean, calls she, her fat straight up yeah, one thing. And it's like. Like she, uh, she, there's like, you know. Her it's daughter, traditionalism. Her daughter is uh, is a lesbian. Yeah. In in this film, and that's a big point of it. She's been with her girlfriend for I think like two years or something like that. Yeah. And they make a big deal about uh, whether or not her girlfriend can come to this New Year's, this like Chinese New Year's party, um, because her because her grandpa's going to be there. Evelyn's dad's going to be there. Yeah. He's like this very very traditional old Chinese. Man, played who, by James Hong, played by the the absolute legend James Hong, who you know is always fantastic. Um, but yeah, you know she sees you know she's talking to her dad about it and introducing her daughter back to him, and you know they they bring up the girlfriend who's like right behind her, yep. and she's her daughter is trying to figure out a way to to bring it up to the grandpa, like she wants to be open, yeah, more so. And which obviously, yeah, how you want your family to work exactly how it should work. And Evelyn kind of steps in and says, Oh, uh, Becky is is Joy's really good friend. 
the old the old historian tactic. They were really you. good friends. Uh-huh. The old historian tactic. Yeah. Um, and that's just how she's kind of shutting her daughter out. And it, yeah, and I mean you know that's I mean? that's like the first big. Uh, and their relationship is already displayed as not that great before yes, that. So yes, we see it's it's almost like it happens in every universe. She's just letting her daughter down mm-hmm. um, to chase these dreams and and to go back to the the narcissism. Almost um, when Evelyn first, like you you traverse multiverses to get certain powers, right? Yeah, the wave jumping or verse jumping. Verse jumping, yeah, and then you acquire. So she acquires the knowledge of kung fu by verse jumping, and which in order to do it, there's always some weird trigger that you have I to do. Love that. Whether like it you got to rip your hair out, a piece of or hair like, out, or something. You know, proclaim your love for the enemy and mean it. That was cool. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And um, just like absurd, absurd things. And dude, then, it you gets know, real funky. And then you push a button on your headset that you have, and suddenly you're able to do kung fu. Yeah. Really cool concept. But you also, aside from just gaining the ability to do kung fu, you kind of gain. It's like a mind link. Yeah. You, you kind of become that person. So you're, you're you're split between the two universes. She gets transcended and shot through the multiverse, and she's in this. You know, it, it takes you through a really quick montage of that person's life. Kind of, she um just to give a little background on Evelyn's character, when she's getting her IRS audit done by Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays an awesome character, like a super fun character. Oh, Deidre. Oh, Deidre, a villainous character in this. <laughs> um, she has all these receipts for like, oh, how does your business cover you wanting to be a singer? Like this has this a karaoke. Like you have a karaoke machine. Why do you have that? That's not, that can't be a I'm business expense. I'm a singer. Expense. Is that for a laundromat? Um, singing lessons, you know, acting. She wanted to be an actress. Mm-hmm. You see all these these kind of fallen dreams. Um, and she's finally propelled into that dream um, when she acquires the Kung Fu. And it's She's all, an actress in that universe. And it all stems from one decision. Yeah. Not leaving with Waymond. Dude, I know. Yeah. So there's a very pivotal moment in the multiverse where she chooses to stay with Waymond or or, or leave like, yeah, to leave, the America. Leave to with go to Waymond. America with Waymond and or pursue their dreams or stay in China and uh you know, in the main universe she yeah. she goes with Waymond uh and ends up owning this laundromat and kind of having like not the best life. Right. And that's to, to put it politely. That's how she feels kind of a mediocrity to yes. her own life. Yes. Almost. And in this other universe, she didn't go with him. She stayed in China and eventually started practicing Kung Fu. Yep. And becomes this like, she's like the female Bruce Lee straight up. And you get like these shots of her like going to these like gala events or like mm-hmm. she goes to like this big theater and she's you know all dressed up and everything oh yeah and she's she's living one of her best lives right and so she comes back evelyn is yeah kind of like stuck in the in this headspace and she just wants to keep being there for yeah she's like i don't want to be at the laundromat what if i go back and Alpha Women's like, no, no, no. Oh my god, when she's when she's sees him and she's just like or when it's regular Wayman and she's just like, I saw my life with if we never got together. It was so good. Oh my god, I know. Yeah, there's a whole divorce 
Yeah, I mean, Wayman, going is, on, Wayman is, papers. like, trying to serve her papers. But then he he's almost, like, it's like he regrets that he has to do it or whatever. Right. Um, It's just crazy, man. It's so much stuff bundled into one, so... Very dense emotional movie. Most definitely, you know. We've get... Um, and and I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, because now that we're talking about the multiversal travel, dude, you know when she, like, shoots back and it's like you're going through New York and all these different places? Yeah. One of the, one of the Daniels just took a camera, opened the shutter up really, really big. Really? And just walked through New York to get that, like, blurry really? footage. He put that... On like a three LED panel, no, two LED panels on her sides, almost how they do in Star Wars, you know, yeah, with the big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a green screen behind her to put that blurry footage, and it just cuts. Oh. She acted in slow motion when she's like flying oh, backwards. Oh, she's doing that? She acted in slow-mo, and then they sped it all up. So it's like, it's just so intuitive. That's it's like, um, very creative. That makes me think of the OK Go music video. Yeah, oh, dude, all their music. Where videos. they found Which one? the um, I won't let you down. Where they're on the they're on like the segways. And, yeah, and it's like filmed on the drone, right? And they like do the whole uh, umbrella thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they filmed that in like half speed. It had to speed it, it up. Had to speed it up. This stuff is. I love that. I love that kind of stuff. Which is just like so impressive because you got to imagine that makes it like thirty times more difficult to do. Right. Because you're having, acting that you're slow trying motion, to like compensate good. and make it to where like you're not doing it too fast, but you can't do it too slow. Right. Super cool, man. Very so, impressive. I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you want to hear something else crazy? Hit me with it. There's only five people on that VFX team. That's no, that's <laughs> that that can't be true. It's true. That's insane. I looked it up. I've listened to several interviews. Um, I, I this movie took a while to make and release. Um, I mean, when you only got five people on your visual effects squad, but they, yeah. they but I mean, they were so dedicated. They, they knew exactly ass. what they were doing, and by mixing in practical and visual effects, um, it made their lives a lot easier. Oh yeah, super cool to see, man, especially on an indie film like this. Oh yeah, no, it was it was incredible. All the effects were super well done. Um, I mean, like one of the visual effects that we didn't even talk about yet that I that I uh, wanted to bring up. Yeah. Uh, she goes to this one. She's transported to this one multiverse where uh, she she's a hibachi chef. Yeah, and uh, she's using the like her hibachi chef grills grill skills in combat. Yeah, and oh my uh, god, dude! In this universe, one of one of the characters that uh, is in it is this sh- other chef, this competing chef oh my who is dude. Uh, like way more uh, like performative. Yeah, it's it's like. In, he's like the perfect hibachi chef. Right. And uh you discover that uh it's 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 ratatouille. It's literally ratatouille. Except instead of a rat, it's a raccoon. He's got a raccoon in his chef's hat. It's a raccoonie. Raccoonie. And I was blown away. Do you want me to blow you away even more? Blow me. The voice of that raccoon is Randy Newman. Are you f- Fucking serious? It's Randy Newman. You've got a friend in me. You've you've got a friend in your hat. 
<laughs> strange, strange things, things are, are happening. Evelyn, the entire movie, be like, dude, straight up, <laughs> holy fuck, that is so cool, yeah, dude. Yeah, I just, I like before I before we uh, got together, I was like reading about it, and I was like, oh shit, I wonder who like cast members wise. And I was reading through, and it was like, oh yeah, additionally, Randy Newman voiced the raccoon. That's so fucking cool, dude. <laughs> but yeah, just like the way they wrap so many movies into one, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I bet I wonder I wonder how tough the CG was for that for like the raccoon. That was a puppet. Was it a puppet? He was a puppet. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I think so. Um cuz what I heard is that they had like when I was looking up the practical effects they said they they used puppets. Okay, okay. Um I want to talk about the rocks. Yes, just like <laughs> there's a universe where no life exists. I love I mean that scene when she is like being like split across like every multiverse yeah and you just get like all the different shots when she's like is that like when she's looking into the everything bagel i think so um which is another plot point that we didn't really discuss yet but yeah just really quickly so you know what the the everything bagel um jabu to paul so yeah her uh i think it's tapaki i'm 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 mixing in some fallen order shit yeah, yeah, to yeah. Paul, yeah. he's a fucking Jedi. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, Evelyn's daughter, and who is like the evil version of her, or whatever, air quotes on evil, um, is like one day after getting her her ability to be every everything everywhere all at once, she takes everything everywhere all at once, and she puts it in in a bagel. It's almost like a black hole, but it's not. And it yeah, it collapses in on itself, and it just creates this everything bagel that it's it's almost like a um cosmic horror like thing it's like kind a, of. like you stare into it and you're like enlightened right you know what for I mean? sure um but yeah so like she she uh is is getting all these visions as she's staring into this thing and we're transported into you know universes where uh, they're like pinatas. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we got the hot dog finger uh, universe. The hot dog fingers had me, <laughs> had me rolling, dude. Um, and then yeah, we get a universe where uh, the conditions for life to form weren't met, and everybody is just rocks. Dude, the rocks, and it's just simple. It's just text. it's literally just it's like, like a, a wide shot. shot. Sequence, yeah, yeah, just a shot of two rocks on a cliff as you have white text for her daughter and yeah. black text for her. I loved it so much and they have almost a they have kind of a deep It's like an interpersonal moment. It's like yeah, it's like an emotional scene for just being two but, rocks but with texts. Rocks. Yeah. Oh my god, I love this movie so much. And it's then, just... you know, later on in that in, in throughout the movie, uh she basically Evelyn basically says, you know, fuck it. And she's like not she she also comes to the realization the nihilist uh realization that like nothing matters right um and so because nothing matters why why follow rules or anything like that and she starts you know doing crazy things Mm -hmm. she smashes a window at her in her real universe well i think that's a separate universe oh okay because the real universe is the one where they're at the irs building with uh Alpha oh. with Alpha Gong Gong and, and okay yeah and all the soldiers or right. all the, like the fighters. 
it gets wet. There's another. Track there's a, yeah, no. There's another multiverse where there ha- it's like the the night of the New Year's Eve party when she's like right. wearing the red. Yeah. Okay. That's See, like I, I mixed those one. up. Yeah. 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 Um. And yeah, she like in that universe, she like tells the IRS lady to fuck off, and she smashes a window. And yep. Blah blah blah. Um. And then. In you know, in in the rock universe, she decides, "Who cares? We're rocks. We can do whatever we want." <laughs> and she turns her she turns around as a rock, and she's got the googly eyes on her. Yeah, the googly eyes are a little visual theme throughout. Like Wayman puts them on stuff to be funny during like the final like confrontation scene. She has she puts a googly eye on her forehead. She says she's gonna fight like Wayman. So it's yeah. like it's like fighting with love and giving oh, people what they need. It's so sweet. But yeah, as as these rocks, she turns around and her daughter as a rock is like, you know, stop. We're rocks. We're rocks. Just be a rock. Right. Stop moving. <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean? There's no rules. I'm coming over to you. I'm, I'm going to get you. And, you know, starts chasing her as a rock. Um, Very sweet. And then she decides, you know, she's not, she's leaving. She doesn't agree with her daughter anymore about like the everything bagel. And she wants to, you know, be with her family. And her daughter, like, does the whole, like, dude, like, the, the, the it's like opens... a, a hand. She does, like, a hand thing where she, like, creates, like, a window with her fingers and she yeah. opens the window and it, cre- like, brings the everything bagel to their reality. And, like, two dudes get wiped out by it Instantly. immediately. This and, is a, this is about the c- final confrontation here. And much. you learn that, uh, she didn't create the everything bagel to destroy everything. She created it to destroy herself. She's trying to stop the suffering of, She's of like, this endless nihilism. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's nihilism to the point to where like nothing matters, and I just want to die. I need to get out of here. Yeah. And her, you know, Evelyn is, you know, once again putting herself in her daughter's life. And and it I love the shots that you get because while it's while she's doing this while she's stopping her daughter from going into the everything bagel. In like the main universe, right? In the other universe, she's confronting her daughter. Like in in the red universe where she breaks the window, she openly tells her dad, uh, "This is my daughter, and this is her girlfriend." Right. And uh, that upsets her daughter as well in that universe and she they have a confrontation where she basically is like you know we don't get along like right. we every time we're together we just fight so why don't we why don't i just go why don't we just stop associating with each other yeah and it's it's like a very real moment and she's again evelyn is like split across these multiverses experiencing all of it and she's like you're right i have to let you go and we almost see her like, like while she's she's throwing herself into the everything bagel, pretty much kind she goes of dissipating. In. Yeah. yeah, she gets swallowed up by it. And we're seeing what that looks like in every other universe. So, so her rock falls off the cliff. Yes, she gets um, in the car, um, and and then all of a sudden, like, I can't remember exactly what it is that draws her back out though. Well, there. I feel like they're still having a continued conversation. Because doesn't she sit there with uh, Deidre in the one in the red multiverse? She's Yeah, well, that was a little bit before because she starts okay. connecting with people 
instead of just using this kung fu to beat ass, that's when she starts. Yeah, and she's first having jumping like the, to solve problems. For yeah, these yeah, and she, and there's the whole conversation between kung fu Evelyn and yeah. like CEO Waymond. Right. And they talk about like you know how life could have been different and all that. Um, and she kind of like that's what it is. That's what brings her back is that mm-hmm. she she is able to like her daughter sees this nihilism and is like nothing matters. Therefore, I sh- like I don't want to exist. Right. Whereas Evelyn, at least the way that I interpreted it, was that like Evelyn realizes that you know nothing matters, but because nothing matters, you can choose right what matters to you and what's important to you. And and CEO Wayman says, you know, for what it's worth, um, I would I would have loved doing laundry with you. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, he's like, I would have loved that simple life. And it, I think that kind of is, is one of like, is like the big catalyst for her to hit that point and to where like, at least for me, I, I interpreted it as her being able to compartmentalize experiencing everything everywhere all at once. Right. To experience the that. moments that she wants to experience. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like she wants, she wants to be here with her family. Cause I mean, that's a whole thing she says. She says, uh, you know, no matter what, how, however our relationship may be, uh, there's nowhere I, like, I always want to be with you. I always want to be here with you. Dude. Tear ducks were gone. Dude, yeah, for real. My fiance Kayla was, like, crying oh the God. whole last 30 minutes next yeah. to us. I was choking up. It was, it was, it was yeah, very emotional, very powerful. And it pulls, it pulls her back out of the everything bagel. Mm-hmm. And they reconnect again, and it's it's pretty much a happy ending. Uh, yeah. They get a new, they get another chance with the IRS lady. Yep. Uh, and the the film ends with them, uh, having this meeting with the IRS and getting cleared. So they're getting good. cleared. However, she yeah. does start spacing out again. Yeah, it's like you, the you, the audio tells the story here. You start to kind of hear the transference between the multiverse just in her head. So it's like we know that she's still stuck like that. But she's able to kind of clear out space when she needs to. Exactly. So I really, really, really cannot recommend this movie enough, man. Yeah, very, Um, very good movie. Such a great viewing experience. Just very emotional, very – it makes you think, makes you contemplate things like – it when we say it's a movie about nihilism, it really is a movie about like nothing matters. We're in a you know I, one of the lines they use is that like mm-hmm. you know there's always something out there in the world to make you feel like an even smaller piece of shit. Dude, yeah, for real, and that's so true, and that hits like so hard. And it just goes like yeah, it goes again to like the feeling of like nothing matters, you know. But then it's also about how do we overcome this feeling? Mm-hmm. How do we hold on to? What and especially we love? for Evelyn, who we didn't. I mean, we we kind of talk about it a little bit earlier how she had like all of these different aspirations that she was aspiring to, like right. the singer and all that. Um, the main reason that she's so powerful is that this version of Evelyn is the Evelyn that nothing worked out for. Right. And because she had all of these left turns, she has so many different universes she's able to, like, jump into. Exactly, yeah. She's got, like, the widest 
jump range. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's 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 just so, uh, I guess like narratively impactful mm-hmm. that her, someone who had like nothing and was you know given the entire multiverse like you accomplish the least but that's why you can do the most exactly and and like you know if any version of evelyn would be a nihilistic kind of you know nothing i do matters it would be this version that runs this laundromat exactly exactly Uh, and for her to be able to experience all these other lives that she has and then still come back to her normal average you know not her best life right uh because she she deems it to be important uh i think is very powerful most definitely very narrative very impactful so what do you give it out of 10 i'm I'm going 10 out of 10 i think i gotta give it a 10 out of 10 straight up i'd, I'd watch this movie every week i think i think i gotta <laughs> give it a 10 out of 10 it was it was it was a fucking great movie Dude. In, in in so many ways, it's just everything in one bagel. <laughs> it's Literally. the everything bagel. It's movie. everything everywhere all at once. Um, uh, straight up ten out of ten. Um, what would you rate Doctor Strange? I'm curious out of ten. Not a ten. I don't think. I think a seven. Yeah, I was thinking like like seven and a half, like eight maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But just because. It's such a different, thing. yeah. You know, yeah. they're so different. There's such different experiences. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's mostly the Marvel part that kind of hangs down and drags everything everywhere down. all at once is so much more personal. Exactly, exactly. Um, it was made to. I think everyone can relate to something. I was just about maybe. to say it was made to connect with people and uh, to tell a story like that, whereas. Uh, multiverse of madness while i think it also is you know trying to tell a story about uh family and stuff right it's not the same uh type of story exactly it's it's very much more into like the spectacle of things and and as a multiversal movie in general everything everywhere all at once handles it incredibly to where you are living out several storylines no i yeah i think it i think Without a doubt, it's the better multiversal movie. Straight up. I mean, in, in the Doctor Strange movie, you get kind of tossed between a bunch of multiverses in that one scene. Not as much. But, though. like, it mainly takes place in three universes. Right. Whereas everything, everywhere, all at once takes place in, like... Don't even know, man. Uh, yeah, like, n- at least, everywhere. like, yeah, it takes yeah. place everywhere, every it, it, everything, everywhere, all at once. It couldn't have been named anything more perfect. Like, seriously. Um... Thanks for sticking around for the discussion, guys. Andrew, it's always great talking to you about this stuff, man. Dude, I'm always down to talk movies. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, much respect to the five crew members who worked on everything, everywhere, all all at once. Um, totally killed it. Like, that blew me away when I figured that out. So, um, great win for independent cinema, yes. independent indie filmmakers. Um, really cool stuff. Stick around, guys. Um, We're going to have more episodes coming. I hope to get some directors, maybe some writers on as guests for the podcast. We'll talk about some local filmmaking. Um, Very cool stuff in the works. Stay tuned. Yep. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.